You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons, starting with our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, we did for five seasons. Now this is our fourth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day, and I hope you all are still basking in the glory of that big primetime Monday night football game. Special thank you to the first-time listeners on today's show, and another thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again today. And if you don't already, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss a show, because we're doing it every day. But on today's show, we're going to be doing what we always do on Tuesdays and getting into what went wrong and what went right in Monday's game. And even in a win, there's always some things to look at and the Chargers can improve on. And I'm sure the Chargers coaching staff you know, would tell you the same thing, and Brandon Staley would tell you, and he has, that there's improvements to be made. So segment two, we're going to be getting into that before wrapping the show up with all the great things from Monday's game. And there was a ton of those as well at the end of the show. But we're going to start the show today by talking about a couple of storylines we are thinking about after week four, including is Brandon Staley the coach of the year in the NFL so far? And also, if this was a statement game for the Chargers defense where they showed maybe they can be elite. So let's go ahead and get into it. David, after the fourth week of the season, I mean, it's still a small sample size, but we're starting to see who the Chargers are, what this team could potentially be, and how these new coaches are fitting in, because that was one of the biggest unknowns going into the season was, how is this new coaching staff going to gel? Because it's one thing to get a guy in the right spot as head coach, but there's still so many other coaching changes that were made that like you still had to get a lot of them right. You still had to have these guys, the right guys coming into this situation, and just like that, the Chargers are off to a 3-1 and start. I mean, one of their best starts ever, really. And the first time a coach has started 3-1 and or better in their first four games since Marty Schottenheimer in 2002. So, Brandon Staley has been super impressive. And now, after the game against the Raiders, he is the favorite to win the Coach of the Year award, according to BetOnline.ag, our official sponsor. And I think he deserves that. I mean, I think there's a, you know... A discussion to be had with Cliff Kingsbury, and that's something that's going to be had. You know, if of course, if the Cardinals end up going undefeated the entire season, hand him the award. But Brandon Staley is at plus 550, which basically means if you bet $100, you would win $550 if Brandon Staley were to win. But I think this is kind of his award to win, David, because I think he has a couple of things on his side. One, the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year with Anthony Lynn. He has a chance to do that this year in his first season as a head coach, which is awesome. And obviously, he gets a lot of credit for the continued development of Justin Herbert. So I think at this point, if Brandon Staley continues doing what he's doing, the Chargers continue on this upward trajectory, I think he it is his award to lose. I think it's a great story as well. I mean, this is a, a guy who is in, what, Division three five years ago? Uh, as a just, defensive coordinator, too, not even a yeah, head coach. Yeah, exactly. It's just absolutely ridiculous, his ascent to the NFL uh, as a head coach. And now in his first year, he has two cross-country road wins, one against the Chiefs at Arrowhead against the, the your your division leader, the, the, the team that's just owned the division the last five years. He's shown some otherworldly aggressiveness going four or five on fourth down and really trusting his offense to go out there and make a play. 
and he has shown that he's going to go into each week with a game plan specific to each opponent, which is so refreshing and so new as a Charger fan. Uh, it's definitely very nice to see Brandon Staley pushing all the right buttons, as you said, uh, and you got to love what you see. He has been, and I think the other thing that's going to help him with this award is not just the fact that he's doing so well, but the way he's doing it, right? Going forward on fourth down to get that ceiling touchdown on Monday Night Football, going forward on fourth and nine with Patrick Mahomes standing on the sideline, and going and stealing that game from the Chiefs. Really just going all out at every point he possibly can all season long, going for two-point conversions. He tries a fake punt in the last game. That should have worked if it wasn't for a miraculous play by Hunter Renfro. Like, he's just doing all of the things right so far. The time management has not been an issue a single time. He hasn't thrown any dumb challenge flags. I mean, he just threw the first one last week. And he got it right, right? And the call got reversed. Charges and it was such a, a huge touchdown. challenge, too, right. in the grand scheme of the game. It is, and you just see the way that this team follows him, too. And I know that's probably not going to show up much in the voting for Coach of the Year, but Brandon Staley has a chance, you know, especially if the Chargers can win some tough games coming up against the Browns and the Ravens, to really kind of solidify his position as one of the best coaches because the Chargers weren't good last year. Cliff Kingsbury can kind of say the same things, but he was, you know, the coach of them last year. But the third-place guy, as far as the favorite to win it, is Sean McDermott. They were so good last year that even if they have a good season this year with the Bills, that is, it's not going to look as good as, you know, Brian Staley taking over a new team with a young phenom quarterback and doing what he's doing so far. But obviously, he has to keep it going. I think one thing is for sure, the Chargers got themselves a good coach. And I feel comfortable saying that even though Marty Schottenheimer's 4-0 season, they ended up going 8-8 eight and eight that year. This is different. We keep continuing to tell you guys that this year is just different with Brandon Staley. And yes, he is pushing all of the right buttons so far, including the play calling on defense. And I think... Part of the thing with Staley is you also have to give them time defensively. Yes, he thinks he knows what he wants to see, but he's only had four games to look at as far as how his guys are doing in the situations he's putting them in. In this last game, David, the defense seemed different. I mean, first of all, the first half was a, a complete shutout. I mean, they couldn't get anything going, the Raiders, offensively. It was disgusting how good they did. I mean, they started it with three consecutive three and outs against the Raiders' offense. Not going to ask for much better than that. But zero net yards in the first quarter. In the zero. first quarter, yeah. Zero, zero yards in the first quarter. I mean, overall, it was just a pretty dominant defensive performance. I mean, four three and outs, two four and outs, right? Which is what I just came up with. And that's when, you know, they go for it on fourth down on the fourth play of that drive and still can't get a first down. So six overall three and outs if you're counting it that way. Ridiculous performance. But it just seemed like the Chargers showed this week, David, they can be an elite defense, and I thought they had some good moments in weeks one through three, but I felt like this was the first game where you kind of saw it all come together outside of a couple of drives. Yeah, I think before the season started, the players were really excited about this Brandon Staley defense. They figured that they were going to be put in some good positions to go out there and make plays, but I also thought it was going to take some time for Brandon Staley and his staff to kind of figure out what that right mix was and also just see what these guys do well in a game-like situation and go out there and put them in those situations. But yes, I think in the first couple of games, the Chargers showed that they are able to limit the explosive plays. They were going to concede some uh, yards on the ground, and that might have been part of the game plan, but they were really stingy in their pass defense. But in this game against the Raiders, looked like they put it all together. They were, first and foremost, very, very physical. And I think that showed up in the run defense. They also had very good pressure on Derek Carr. And 
they also did what they've been doing all year and limited those explosive plays, although they got one of 50-plus yards to Henry Ruggs. But, I mean, that guy's really, really fast. But, yes, I think you take all of the elements of the Chargers defense and how they want to go out there and execute. And in that Raiders game, that's exactly what they want it to look like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it did feel like there was sort of a turning point just because it did seem like a different performance. And the opponent matters too, right? I mean, Kansas City still moved the ball well, scored on four straight drives at one point, 24 points. And this last game, yeah, they scored on two drives. But after that, they got locked down again. Chargers get a big stop after one of those 50-yard gains by Henry Ruggs that turned into zero points against the Chargers defense. Obviously, he had the big pass interference call that he drew as well. But Big-time performance by the Chargers defense, only allowing 213 yards of offense in Week 4 and 14 points to a team that was averaging 30 points per game and almost 500 yards of total offense. So it was a really, really good performance and really a performance that showed you they might not be elite on a week-to-week basis right now, but they have the chance to be elite. And a lot of that started up front with the defensive line because that was the biggest weakness going into this game. The defensive line was a strong point in this game, and I think that's what really made things quick for the Chargers defense in this one. But we do have two more segments to get into because we're getting into our patented what went wrong and what went right. So coming up after this, we're going to get into some of the things that went wrong, even in the win, you know, third down conversions, pass blocking wasn't great, more costly penalties, and much more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best new app that I've been using, and it's called Get Upside. Basically, what this is, is this is an app that is going to put money back in your pocket at the gas tank. For anyone who drives and gets gas, this is the app for you. Because with GetUpside, my listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do is download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or the Google Play Store now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And you guys will be getting a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill up. That means you guys can go to the gas tank and take $0.50 off the price it says there because you're getting that in cash back with that promo code touchdown up to 50 cents per gallon cash back and the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash it out anytime to your bank account paypal or you can get an e-gift card to amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use the promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that's promo code touchdown all right well now it's time to get into what we do every single week and that is looking at what went wrong and i don't want anyone to take this as a negative segment right because all the time we get you guys are so negative about the chargers but we try to be you know as unimpartial as possible like we know even though you root for the team you can still see the things they do wrong ask ask john kegley right i mean he loves the team as much as anyone and can't stop picking out the things that the chargers do wrong but but we we would be doing a disservice if we didn't actually talk about the things that they need to improve on because that's what they need to focus on going forward one people have to realize, too, we've been covering this team a long time now, right? So there was a lot of games there wasn't much good to talk about in all of the exactly. you know, Anthony Lynn seasons and some of the other, you know, even Mike McCoy seasons that we had to McCoy. be here. Yeah. So, like, we've seen a lot of really bad games for the Chargers ball, well, but this team is not perfect, and it hasn't reached the levels it can reach at this point. I feel safe saying that. I mean, this team has another level it can get to, which is crazy to say, and I think these are just some of the things that they're going to have to do better to get there. So one of the things for me was third down conversions, not getting converted in this game. I mean, they were really, really good coming into it. And this one, they end up going four out of 13 on their third down conversions. Obviously, it's nice when you get a couple of fourth down conversions. It doesn't make it feel so bad, right? But it was multiple things. I mean, drop passes by guys like Keenan Allen, 
in an uncharacteristic situation. There was some questionable play calls. Any third down that just has a pass to Austin Eckler behind the backfield is something I'm not a big fan of, you know, no. generally just because we saw the old coaching staff use that as a crutch so many times. But I thought the other thing, too, was just like missed opportunities. Herbert misses Mike Williams on what would have been an 82-yard touchdown. And also, I mean, there was just a lot of third downs where there was free rushers coming into Herbert's face, like nobody actually touching them. And I think that played a big part of it as well. But that is something that will get back to being good at, I think, going forward. Just something that could have been better in this game. Well, and to the Raiders' credit, they put the Chargers in a lot of third and long situations, and that's never going to be a recipe that was a big for you to it, continue yeah. to move down the football field. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that they need to work on. You want to keep the ball, and you, you want to keep the chains moving for sure. For me, it's the penalties. Uh, yep. Still getting hurt by the penalties. They did a better job. Hey, no illegal shifts, which is great, but they still had seven penalties for over 105 penalty yards. Also had a helmet-to-helmet penalty. They also had an unsportsmanlike. Now, that one I understand because they absolutely missed a hold on Joey Bosa. He would have destroyed Derek Carr on that play if he didn't get held, and he lost his mind. And like I said, if you look at that play, it's blatantly obvious that he's being held. So I understand it. He owned it. He understands that, hey, I can't, can't be doing that, but I get it. From a football fan standpoint and a football player standpoint, I understand the reaction. Yeah, and Joey Bosa is definitely happy he signed, you know, the biggest defensive contract ever, right? Because he doesn't probably have to worry about that fine as much as, you know, maybe one of the other Chargers rookies would. Like, I don't think it's not the same opinion wants to go out there and say that about the refs. He's got to be careful and not follow Uncle Joey's footsteps on that one because that check is coming for Joey Bosa. And, hey, he made the most out of it. He just said the refs are straight up blind said they've been making trash calls for years. I loved, I loved it because you always get them dancing <laughs> around it, you know, and people trying not to get fined. Joey Bosa just said, went into that saying, I'm going to get a fine for this and I'm okay with it because maybe it gets me a couple of calls in the future and brings well, the Well, and Brandon Saley said, hey, this guy's a premium player and he's earned the right to express himself in this league. So I love that from the coach. Well, and that I believe was the play – that ended up being a 45-yard pass interference penalty, right? So, like... It was. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge play in the game. A huge... I mean, if anything, that gets offset, right? Offensive right. holding, defensive pass interference, and then we're not even talking about it. But, yeah, that was huge. And, I mean, yeah, you give away 20 free yards on the Nazir Adderley helmet-to-helmet and the neutral zone infraction on the other scoring drive. The only time the Chargers defense gave up points in this game is when they had penalty-ridden you know, defensive series. I mean, those were the two drives that got points. 45-yard pass interference and also the two other penalties that gave them a free 20 yards as well. All stuff that could be avoidable, and that's not even talking about what happened with Joey Bosa. So, like, I, I'm, it was tough, but you're still seeing that defensively in this game it affected them. Offensively, it was much better as far as the penalties. So, definitely some credit where credit is due there. Another thing I want to touch on here as far as what went wrong in this game was it did seem like the pass blocking took a step back in this one, right? I mean, Storm Norton had a tough game, came back, had a decent game last week against the Chiefs, came back and had a pretty tough game in this one. Herbert was pressured 14 times. He was sacked twice, but both of the sacks looked like they were avoidable. And, of course, both come from a former Charger in Darius Phylon, who, you know, is looking like the interior pressure that the Chargers need right now, just doing it for the Raiders. But back to this, Herbert was hit four times. Free rushers on way too many occasions, kind of like I talked about. And then Matt Filer was charged with two sacks in this game, according to Pro Football Focus, and five pressures allowed. 
Storm Norton allowed it six pressures. That's something that has to be better. And we'll talk about what they did as far as running the football because the offensive line exceeded in that. But the pass blocking in this one was an issue. And it did seem to really limit Justin Herbert a little bit in the second half. Yeah, it was crazy to see his uh, pass blocking grade on PFF. It was like 28 uh, as far as <laughs> What was as far as Matt Filer was concerned, which yeah. that's crazy. And then you see his run blocking grade, his run blocking grade, and it's like, what the hell? How did that happen? It's just so polar opposite. But like I said, we'll get into that. I My mean, I think next Storm one was like a twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, both yeah. both those guys, man, just it looked terrible. Um, but the Chargers allowed a momentum shift in this game, and it seems like that's happened quite a bit yeah. in that third quarter. Um, that's one of the things that they kind of need to get rid of. They need to eliminate that. If that third quarter didn't happen and, and the Raiders didn't swing it in their favor, and uh, honestly, it really felt like they were going to try to take control of this game. And it's probably the Charger fan in me. I've seen the Chargers just let so many different leads slip away. But that's another reason why this team is different. They didn't allow that punch to the gut to take to change that momentum and take it for good. They were able to fight back, but they have to eliminate those and if they do, then that's going to be the complete performance that they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, if the Chargers could just get rid of third quarters, you know, they'd have a couple of pretty complete games so far, but I'm pretty sure that their opponent has scored on the opening drive of the second half every game so far this season. So, I think that's something that definitely is something that can get better for the Chargers. I mean, halftime adjustments all of those things. I mean, we know this team can adjust, but they've been, you know, doing pretty damn good in the first half. So it's like we're going to keep doing what we're doing until they find a way to fit, you know, beat it, and then we're going to find a way in return to beat it, you know, right back. So I think it's one of those things where the Chargers are doing what they're doing because it's working in the first half, and then the other team is adjusting, and then Brandon Staley is going back and adjusting to those adjustments. Right? It's just a big chess game, and I just think that. The third quarters have been an issue for the Chargers, but it's definitely something that can be corrected. Last thing I'll touch on here, Sande Samuel Jr. had a couple of tough moments. I mean, Joey Bosa, you know, if he doesn't get held there, Sande Samuel Jr. probably doesn't get that defensive pass interference call, right? Because Derek Carr is just sacked, and you can't have a pass interference like that down the field if the ball is not in the air. But he also gave up the touchdown to Hunter Renfro. That was such a tough route to cover. Yeah, I, don't even I, can't really even, I can't hold that one against No, so, I mean, it was I the mean, first it, touchdown he's allowed this like year. That route's, like, indefensible. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and it only really happened because, again, just more time, right? The more time yeah. that you're going to give Derek Carr, those opportunities are going to open up. You can't run a route with four moves if, you know, the defensive line is getting pressure right off yeah. the bat. Like it's you just literally can't. a four- to five-second route, which is unheard of. Right. I mean, it, it takes a long time, but the last thing – the Raiders scored on both of their red zone trips in this game, scored touchdowns against the Chargers defense. They went into the game allowing touchdowns on 67% of the times their opponent made it into the red zone. Two for two for the Raiders in this one. And just, they they have the players to be a good defense. There's no reason why they should be worse in the red zone outside of just, you know, the running game being better for other teams and their run defense being poor. But the run defense wasn't poor in this game. Had a couple opportunities to force field goal attempts, and they couldn't get it done. So, I know this sounds negative, but... That's what we're saying is like the Chargers figure some of these things out. They're just going to be blowing teams out even worse. You know what I mean? They're just going to be even better. And that's the crazy thing is that even at three and one, they have another step that they can take. But now it's time to get into the good stuff. And there was a ton of good stuff to get into in this one. So coming up after this, we'll be talking about a dominant first half. The Chargers defense looking great. Austin Eckler and Jared Cook with big games and everything else that went right in Monday night's game. 
But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar in the world. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. And right now, guys, there's a limited time flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk. And I mean, anything Cookie Dough is great, but you guys have to make sure you get in on this before they're gone. I know I've been waiting at my door to get my box of Cookie Dough Chunk Built Bars before my fiance gets them. And then I will hide them in the appropriate location. But Built Bars are great. And there's so many other great flavors to choose from as well, like peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and much more. And you can get a mixed box where they'll send you every flavor that they have so you can find out which one's your favorite. All of them are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And you don't have to feel guilty about it because they'll fit in your diet as well because most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. So you can have that treat that you want without having to feel bad about it. And right now we can even save you guys some money if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's BetOnline.ag. And right now, guys, BetOnline is going to make it very easy for you to get in on all the football action that's going down on the weekends. I mean, whoo, all the action I have going on on the weekends right now. Football is back, baby, and BetOnline is the number one place for all college and pro football action. They're going to have the best props and odds that you're going to find. You have live in-game betting, so you guys can kind of get the feel of the game flow before you start putting money down. And so many great contests to choose at Bet Online as well, where you can bet a little and win a lot. And I mean, who doesn't want to do that? But from basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. And make sure you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into what went right. And obviously, a ton went right for the Chargers. More went right than what went wrong in this game, hands down. There's so many different things to choose from. So, David, why don't you start us off and get into the... First thing that comes to your mind when you think of what went right for the Chargers on Monday Night Football. The Chargers' ability to run the football is a huge key in this football game. Austin Eckler was fantastic. He was running people over. They were talking about on the broadcast how his nickname was Pound for Pound. And he definitely showed it out there. I mean, he he hurt. He literally hurt a couple of Raider uh, <laughs> Raider defenders out there. He was going crazy. He had an 18 touch game, 15 carries, 117 yards, a rushing touchdown. Also threw in three catches for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown. And he also in this game he passed Danny Woodhead for the most receiving touchdowns from an undrafted running back in the common draft era. That is since 1967 so congratulations to Austin Eckler one of the true diamonds in the rough that the Chargers have found and turned in and turned into a superstar I mean I think one of the biggest surprises this year and I mean it's hard to be surprised because of all the great things we've already seen from Austin Eckler but how physical this dude is running between the tackles I mean my god this dude is just truck sticking guys left and right I mean even the touchdown blows through a Raiders defender and walks into the end zone for an 11-yard touchdown to ice the game like it's nothing. Like, the Chargers' run offense in this game was ridiculous. I mean, it just opened up holes late in the game. The way the Chargers' offensive line had those seven rushes like you talked about yesterday on that last drive to end the game after doing, you know, what they did in week one against the Washington football team where they had something similar, you know, able to get first downs on the ground. 
I thought the Chargers pushed the run a little too much, trying to save Justin Herbert in this game for some pressure. But when they did it, it was working, and it was pretty much all Austin Eckler. I mean, Justin Jackson didn't have a good game running the football. Larry Roundtree had a couple of carries that were nice and a couple that weren't, right? But right. that definitely deserves a lot of credit in this game. And let's talk about the run defense, David, because this is the number one thing that we talk about every single week as far as the Chargers' biggest weakness. What did they do against the Raiders? You know, we're coming off a game where they had, you know, over 110 rushing yards. They gave up 18 carries for 48 yards, zero <laughs> touchdowns, and only allowed it 2.7 yards per carry to the Raiders. Where the hell does this come from? <laughs> I mean, it, it, and the thing is, though, is like, yeah, the Raiders were not a good running team coming into it. I'm not sure that Josh Jacobs is a very good running back at this point. Or at least wasn't in this game he trying just, to come he back. He seems like injuries. he's been beat up, man. It just really seems like he has taken a lot of carries and a lot of punishment. He definitely has. I mean, he didn't get a ton of carries in college. And I know that was some of the allure, but he just didn't look like a dominant running back by any means in this game. And I think a lot of it had to do with the Chargers defensive front really coming through. Shout out to my boy Forrest Merrill getting his first NFL tackle in his first ever NFL game. Looked good out there in number 91. Shout out to Forrest Merrill. But overall, I mean, the longest run against him was 10 yards. Give me that every single week. Like, that is huge. And I think it is something that is a nice little point to look at as you're about to go up against one of the best running teams in the NFL, the team with the best backfield in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns coming into town with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, they're going to get tested again this week. But this was a great sign. And I think just... The Chargers' entire defensive front, right? I mean, really the Chargers' entire defense, but the pressure that you talked about. Four sacks in this game. Joey Bosa with the sack and seven pressures. The Chargers with 22 total pressures on 41 dropbacks by the Raiders. That means more than half of the time that Derek Carr dropped back. Even with all the really quick stuff he did where it's like impossible to get pressure, even those included, over 50% of the time there was pressure in his face. That was absolutely huge for the Chargers. The run defense... And the pressure made everything better. They were just a lot more physical, Daniel. It went, and it was a big difference in this football game. They were flying around. They were making the open field tackles. They were driving through the offensive linemen. That's the type of performance that you want to see from your defensive line. For me, my what went right goes to the tight ends. The tight oh, yeah. ends shined in this football game. Unfortunately, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams did not have the best game. Mike Williams only had one catch, and Keenan had like seven with only about 37 receiving yards. Yeah. So it was a lot of dink and dunk catches. Not a strong performance from them, but that means someone else had to step up, and that someone else was Jared Cook with six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Donald Parham contributes two catches and a touchdown. And Steven Anderson has a 34-yard uh, reception, which was a really well-designed play. The mm -hmm. tight ends, they played very well. They were very active in the pass game, and they were very good in the running game as well. Nine catches for a buck 21 and two touchdowns from the tight ends in this game. That's a hell of a game, and that was part of the game plan. The outside guys didn't make a lot of sense because all you could hear on the broadcast was how hurt the Raiders' corners were, right? So it seemed they like they lost two corners in the game. In the game, and they were already down guys coming into the game. So, like, that was a little confusing that they didn't try to attack them more on the outside. I think a lot of that had to do with just the pressure and the defensive front that they were going against as well, wanting to get those tight ends involved and wanting to, you know, single up guys as far as linebackers in the middle of the field, which they did well. Jared Cook, shout out. I mean, two fourth down conversions, gets the touchdown, 
gets another big play over the middle of the field. Jared Cook was dominant in this game. You can't say enough about the play he made on fourth down late in the game to get that final touchdown drive to make it 28-14, the drive that really sealed the deal. Doesn't Jared Cook says, don't him. worry about my age, fools. I'm going out here and I'm balling. He's balling. And I mean, like, between him and Hunter Henry right now, like, he's been a more impactful player through four games than we've really seen much of Hunter Henry in the time he was with the Chargers when he was healthy, right? So to get, like, a scratch out of that, to potentially improve on that position as far as production goes, obviously he's not the run blocker that Hunter Henry is, but, like, to get what they're getting out of him for the contract he signed is just straight up stealing, right? I mean, that's just, he's been such a bargain find for them. Tom Telesco, the coupon god, strikes again with Jericho because that was a big hole coming into the season. But shout out to all of the tight ends. But lastly, David, first, before we get into the end, before we end the show, I do have to say the Chargers red zone offense. Once yes, again, huge, huge. You get a rushing touchdown from 11 yards out. You knew you had to be better running the football in the red zone. That's monumental. Overall, it's going to go down in the books as 4 or 5 for the Chargers in the red zone in this game. But the last one was Justin Herbert kneeling it down instead of, you know, really just running it up on the Raiders as, you know, we know he probably could have, right? So I loved that. I wish we would have saw, you know, the maybe one fade pass to Mike Williams going up against like a 5-10 corner at one point. Yeah. Hard to argue with the results, though. I mean, they did have to get bailed out in a couple of third downs. But Justin Herbert in the red zone making all of the right decisions taking care of the football, using his eyes to manipulate the safeties to open up windows for Donald Parham and for Jared Cook on those touchdowns. Mwah! Chef's kiss. It was beautiful. And when you score like that, when you turn those possessions into touchdowns, it's just huge. And that's going to be such a big thing for them going forward. And way to make an adjustment. After the first couple games of the season, we thought that the red zone offense really needed to get better. Yeah, in these three past out of two ten games. in the first two games. Yeah, and these last two games, they go four for five against the Chiefs. They go four for five against the Raiders. That is exactly what we thought this red zone offense could look like. Also want to give a shout out to Drew Tranquil as well with Kenneth Murray going down. Drew Tranquil was a difference maker, especially as a blitzer. He really added a lot to that pass rush. So shout out to Drew Tranquil. Yeah, every time I hear shout out, all I can think about is like Pat McAfee. Goddamn Pat McAfee. Shout out. Like, I'm going to like get a weird accent if I keep giving shout outs to people. But he deserves it. I mean, he deserved it in this game. Other guys like Nazir Adderley, right? I think you can easily look at his game, seeing him get beat one-on-one by Darren Waller, which, I mean, that's a pretty unfair matchup for him. And obviously the penalty he had. I thought Nazir Adderley had a pretty good game. I thought Jerry Tillery had a pretty good game. I mean, Michael he was Davis disrupted. had a good game. Michael Davis was one of the best tackles I've ever seen from him and just definitely seemed to be playing with an edge in this one. Our Lord and Savior, Derwin James, and our co-Lord and Savior, Joey Bosa, both showing up in a big way in this one defensively. Huge performance. Kazir White gets a fourth down stop after getting a stuff on third down to cause the fourth down play. The Chargers defense, two turnovers on downs they forced. You can't say enough. I mean, it was a great performance. I'm glad you guys listened to the end to get to the good stuff and made it through the bad stuff. But that's just what I keep going back to is like the Chargers offense stalled out too much in the first half. The Chargers defense had big penalties and gave up 14 points on two straight drives and had a 50-yard gain on the last drive that ended in a missed field goal. Like this team can get even better, which should be a very, very scary thought 
for the rest of the teams in the NFL because we saw what this Chargers team looked like when it was clicking on all cylinders, missing an 80-plus yard touchdown. They should have been up 28-0. Instead, they are up 21-0 at halftime. Such a complete half for the Chargers, even leaving points off the board. And my God, what a scary team this can be when everything is clicking. But that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to check back in tomorrow, guys, because it's Crossover Thursday. And we're going to be joined by the Locked On Browns podcast. Excited for that because we have a heavyweight matchup coming up this weekend. So to make sure you guys don't miss it, make sure to follow the show or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Whether that's Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can find us pretty much everywhere and make sure to rate and review if you enjoy the show as well. We would really appreciate it. But you can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, and you can find David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find us on our new Instagram page at LockedOnChargers, where we post you know, post-game recaps and post a show every day, and our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, this week is going to be tight because of the short week, but we always love getting your guys' reactions, and you can call into 323-524-7924 with your questions, reactions, or whatever, but... That's going to do it for today's show, guys. Make sure to check back in tomorrow for Crossover Thursday with the Lockdown Browns. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.